I was still getting accustomed to autumn, its foggy mornings and comforting soups, when Christmas and winter came abruptly into the scene. I've always believed in the magic of Christmas, but this year I hadn't had enough time to reflect on it. It is a kind of magic that requires dedication, a sparkle of imagination and shimmering lights. It just doesn't happen, you have to make it happen. I fed this magic through the years with illustrated books and short stories. Daydreams, an adamant confidence that something wonderful was about to happen in the days before Christmas. So, with the house still bare, no Christmas tree, no gift made, I took a few hours to reflect. I turned on a small table lamp, even if it was still clear outside. So now tell me, does it happen to you as well? I feel more inspired with a light next to me. So I took a notebook and a pen and I start writing. Before the new episode, I would love to thank you for all the precious support and all the love you show us, sharing, reviewing and trying the recipes we mention in each episode. I know you're super busy, so if you don't want to miss an episode, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you are listening to a podcast and share cooking with an Italian accent with your friends. Last but not least, remember that you will find all the links to the articles and recipes we mentioned today in the episode show notes. And don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for new stories and recipes from Tuscany. And now, let's start! Ciao! My name is Giulia Scarpaleggia. I am a Tuscan-born and bred country girl, a home cook, a food writer and a photographer. I teach Tuscan cooking classes in my house in the countryside and I've been sharing honest, reliable Italian recipes for 10 years now through my cookbooks and my blog, juleskitchen.com. If you love everything about Italian food, big crowded tables and seasonal ingredients, join us and follow this podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. My name is Giulia Scarpaleggia and you are listening to Cooking with an Italian Accent, episode 28. How would I describe my ideal Christmas? Which are the first words that come to my mind when I think about Christmas? This year, I would pick humble. Humble as the unassuming log that the head of the family would put in the fireplace at Christmas Eve. It would burn slowly, the embers glowing in the dark, until the next day or sometimes until the new year. It is a trace of ancient pre-Christmas rituals connected with the winter solstice celebrations. The log represents the union between two words, the one of darkness, cold and death, where it would deeply anchor its root, and one of light and life, where it would stretch its branches upwards. It was the log, il ceppo, as my grandfather Revisio would say, to bring gifts for Christmas. In the local folklore, il ceppo was represented by a thick man with an untamed mane, who would leave his gift by the fireplace, the heart of the house. My ideal Christmas is therefore deeply connected to winter. Christmas as the religious and pagan celebration of light, winter as the season where all this happens, where you light candles, spend time by the fireplace, when nature, slowly but stubbornly, works underneath the frozen soil to create new life. I, a July girl, thrive in winter, in the season of hearty stews, frozen mornings, Christmas lights, candles, wooden scarves. With less cooking classes, it is our low season, when I have more time to think, search for inspiration, read, cook, 
just for the pleasure of it, just for us. My ideal Christmas is associated to nature too. This is why I celebrated the first Christmas in my new house seven years ago, buying a small juniper tree. I decorated that tree with a few bubbles and lights I had chosen from my parents' box, a way to bring my family Christmas into the new house. The juniper tree still lives in a big clay pot right in front of my house door. We greet each other every morning. One of my ideal ways to celebrate Christmas would be to take a morning walk to the nearby pine forest to pick twigs, berries and evergreen shrubs to weave a wreath for my door. Every year I set aside this wish. I always have more impelling errands like buying a last minute gift or making fresh pasta for the Christmas lunch. And so what happens? I postpone my walk in the woods every year. So maybe if I say this aloud, this year I'll take a few hours to make my own breath. My Christmas, my Christmas is white. No, I'm not talking about a snow-capped landscape. Here in the hills of Tuscany in between Siena and Florence, I've never lived the experience of a white Christmas. I once spent the holidays in the Alps with my parents. I was probably three years old. And then I had my first and only white Christmas. Of that holidays, I remember the snow, an egg broth soup, the gifts that strangely were delivered in a hotel room, and Santa Claus on a white little truck. At home, Christmas is white thanks to the copious amount of icing sugar that covers, just like snow, the typical sweet treats from Siena. A thick dusting over the panforte, a spiced and nutty fruit cake from Siena, and a crackle layer over the ricciarelli, the melt-in-your-mouth almond paste cookies with a delicate vanilla and orange aroma that are so typical of Christmas in Siena. You will find these two recipes in this episode show note, along with the other recipes I'm going to mention in a few minutes. When I closed my notebook and suddenly realized that the light outside had faded away, leaving room for a clear night sky, I felt like I had regained time, like I could really make the most out of the few days left. So the magic of Christmas was safe. And now, before bringing downstairs from the attic our box of Christmas decorations and trying to unravel the Christmas lights, let me share some seasonal recipes for a homemade, genuine Christmas feast, something I'll probably see on our table during the holidays, as I'm already compiling the shopping list to cook them. Let's start with the appetizers. As an appetizer, I am sure there will be crostini neri, Tuscan chicken liver crostini, The chicken livers are cooked with carrots, celery and onion, and a bay leaf and a clove of garlic. When the chicken livers are cooked through, you add capers, butter and anchovy paste, and then puree everything into a velvety pâté. Sometimes they are made with a part of spleen, or just with spleen, as in my own recipes. Along with these crostini, we have a staple of every Christmas, originated in the 80s. I'm talking about smoked salmon crostini. Back then, It was a luxurious ingredient, something that we would purchase specifically for Christmas. We would butter the bread, drape a piece of smoked salmon on top, and decorate it with a small wedge of lemon. Now smoked salmon is a more common ingredient. I often have it for breakfast, for example. But those Christmas crostini still taste different. There is something special about them. And now let's move on to the first course. In my family, and usually in Tuscan in general, First course has to be fresh pasta for Christmas. 
Tommaso, as every year, asks for the potato tortelli from Mugello, dressed with a robust meat sauce, either a beef ragu or a wild boar sauce. His family is from Mugello, the mountain area over Florence, so this is the taste of his childhood. I usually prefer tortelli with ricotta, like the ones we made for our wedding, but in a festive shape, like in the cappellacci. My mom and grandma, they prefer lasagna. They always prepare a few trays of plain lasagna, well, plain, I mean, with meat sauce, mozzarella and bechamel. This is our plain version. So they make a plain lasagna and a mushroom lasagna, which is made just with bechamel sauce, sauté mushrooms and a shower of parmigiano-reggiano. They freeze the lasagna trays to have them ready throughout the holidays. Now, let's talk about main course and side dishes. So speaking of the main course, it will be meat. This year I might prepare again the stuffed pork loin, maybe adding some grated orange zest along with dried fennel flowers. We often prepare wild boar as a main course for Christmas, doubling it also as a pasta sauce. The longer the cooking, the better the result. Slow braised meat is my go-to choice when we have many guests, as you can prepare it in advance and just reheat it when ready to sit at the table. As my father-in-law is a hunter, and a few weeks ago he brought us two pheasants, probably there will be also a stew pheasant on our table. But it will be my nonna, 91 years old, to cook them, as she still has the magic touch with game. Spinach, artichoke or cardoon plants might be included as side dishes, along with a pan, or better too, of roast potatoes, which are always on our table, be it Christmas, Sunday, or a day you want to celebrate. And now, finally, desserts. As a proper Tuscan family, we close every Christmas meal with panforte, ricciarelli and cavallucci. When I was a child, they used to be store-bought, always the same brand. Now we plan ahead and we bake them in the days before Christmas. My mom bakes a hundred cavallucci in our wood-burning oven, while I take on the ricciarelli and the panforte. Panettone and pandoro, they are still store-bought, as I have not succeeded in making them at home. Now something unusual in a Tuscan meal. There's always a British Christmas cake in our Tuscan celebrations. Not too different from the panforte, fed over the months with brandy or whiskey, it has the taste of my grown-up Christmases. And then, finally, you won't be surprised if I tell you that one of my favorite Christmas cakes is the Yule log, which represents the original log burned in the fireplace overnight at Christmas. And this makes a full circle from a desire to live a humble traditional Christmas to my Tuscan lunch. This is the end of today's episode of our podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. Tommaso and I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll be spending these festive days at home, with the family, among good food, chats and relaxing hours. And we hope to spend these hours walking outside, reading or watching Netflix. We'll be back with the new year with new episodes, recipes and stories. If you have questions about Italian and Tuscan cooking, just email me at jules at juleskitchen.com or join our Facebook group Cooking with Jules Kitchen. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you are listening to a podcast and share it with your friends. You will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in this episode show notes. And don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for new stories and recipes from Tuscany. Keep reading and keep cooking. Ciao!